According to the slice of Toku Twitter that I look at or happen to see uh, lately, uh, it seems to be that there's some controversy over whether or not Tokusatsu is now uh, just about selling toys. I think it's mostly in response to Kamen Rider Zero One. I'm not watching Real Soldier though, so I have no idea. And uh, I don't think Ultraman gets attacked for using its toys. In fact, I think Ultraman deserves praise because they use their Safubis as like gimmick items in the shows, which is an amazing, it's a stroke of genius in my opinion. Anyway, uh, but I'm all about saving money and maximizing your profits. Uh, I don't know why that is. Anyway, um, it seems to me odd that you would criticize a show that has a bunch of toys in it um, that draw you in uh, and are cool, that also have really great stories associated with them, with, uh, that you criticize that for being a toy commercial, because in the hands of a great writer, it doesn't matter how many toys they're trying to sell, it'll serve the story. And uh, I think that's uh, that's something that just popped into my mind uh, after I finished the latest episode of uh, Tokusatsu I watched. Anyway, this is MJ, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider Zero One, Episode 8. So the first fairly big development in this episode is that uh, not only is Jin a human gear, but so is Hirobi. And we get to see that they have a different type of uh, ear headphone inset thing, either that or they like tore theirs off and now they just have these nubs that are left there. Hirobi's is purple, which I find interesting, while Jin's is red, um, or maybe it's pinkish. Uh, and I find that interesting because it kind of corresponds to their Kamen Rider suit colors. Uh, another thing is that Ames has been developing these uh, giant mecha that um, I believe are, I believe they're AI. They're not piloted, and what they are supposed to do is they're like, um, almost like riot control, where they will go and send out a signal that'll disrupt, uh, lull, shut down. I'm not sure on the details, but they'll stop rampaging uh, Magir from, uh, well, from rampaging. And it's this, uh, you know, new big aims initiative. And I liked that um, there was kind of like a double deception in this episode with the way... Uh, Mitsubo Jinrai attacked, uh, they uh, infiltrated those, they hacked them, they caused an issue, and then they, uh, at the same time, you know, Hirobi used Jin to go do that and uh, cause problems while he went and stole some more tech, some weapons, some of those more attache cases. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, I, it's funny, The I guess it's pink. I mean, honestly, it looks more purple to me. Um, uh, the archer one. I don't know what else you'd call it, uh, but it shoots a arrow from it and uh, Jin gets that and uses it very gleefully against uh, Vakri, um, against Yaibuya. And I also thought it was interesting that Hirobi said that that Yaiba was going to be their target and uh, I'm a little confused as to why specifically they were targeting her, but I mean if you think about it really, uh, he said that the audience expects one thing from a storytelling perspective, but then they secretly, you know, infiltrate and hack the uh, the Giger or the Geiger, uh, the giant mecha, uh, and they also steal this tech, and then they use this stolen tech to uh, make the attack. So, I mean, it's a pretty neat plan. Um, I'm not going to say the writing was deceptive or sloppy there. Uh, I think it was very effective and, and cool overall. So, uh, I guess another first is that we had one of our commoners defeated. I believe this is the first time one of the riders has been defeated and uh, that new tech, the arrow weapon that um, 
Jin was using uh, was really effective. It crashed through the uh, bullet that she shot out, and uh, you know it uh, it knocked her out of her con uh, her con her transformation. And uh, that was pretty cool. It's the first time we've seen that. Um, I don't have a problem with it uh, that he defeated this lady rider. Uh, I wonder if other people in the Toku Twitter, or the well, that's where I see most Tokusatsu uh, fan interaction, uh, if they're going to complain about it at all. Uh, I don't think they should, because she's been shown she's been shown to be really powerful, and she's a big player. And I think uh, Hirobi saying that she should be targeted is actually uh, a compliment to her. It's uh, an indication of how dangerous she is uh, to these guys and their goals. And uh, I find it especially. A compliment because they're just so darn powerful uh, especially like Hirobi I mean he's really strong we'd see by the end of the episode just how strong he is and the fact that he you know fears her and deems her a, a competent target or a worthy target uh, I think says a lot about her as a character and uh, I don't know you could argue you can make arguments on either side about that um, that they're just pushing her out of the plot but I don't think that's happening by uh, what happened in the end of the episode um, the Giger the Geigers um, did uh um they did a bunch of damage to the hospital they hacked into the local network um i like how they talked about too like the technology that these things are like air gapped uh, so that you can't hack uh one medical like one hospital and get the medical information for everybody uh throughout japan um you kind of have to go piecemeal and attack them and that's pretty cool it's actually kind of like the u.s grid people are afraid that if an emp were dropped here that it would knock out all energy all over the place but that's not true because our grid the way it's set up um it's so uh piecework and uh patch patchwork and piecemeal that's what I meant to say, that it wouldn't actually effectively knock out everything if one section were knocked out. Like a whole block or, you know, a, a certain area would be knocked out, but then where the transition points are, it wouldn't be. Well, sure. What does it have to do with this? Nothing. So I'll continue. Um, I really wanted to get to the point that the Geigers um, set up like 20 or so uh, medical Humagir uh, who were helping people that were injured in the uh, attack on the hospital. Uh, and then they all get turned into, uh, you know, Magir and they're rampaging and the writers have to fight them off. And there's this really great shot where Jin calls them all to him because they're friends now. And then he shoots off a shotgun and they all go racing towards the writers. It was very cool, very dynamic. dynamic. It reminded me of um, in Go Busters when um, Red Buster would, uh, you know, Buster's ready and then he'd hit his fists together, go! And then they'd all dash off and start fighting uh the bad guys in that show anyway um but it just it looks so good it looks so so good i'm enjoying the action of the show so much um so uh we got some more development with isamu where he confronts hirobi and he realizes that hirobi is uh the guy um who uh, caused all the magir to go rogue 12 years ago and caused the death of you know friends and you know maybe family too in uh, daybreak town and um they have this very personal fight or it's very personal for isamu but uh um <laughs> uh like i've heard alif from uh uncommon cast rx say before you know uh the, he, he loves when a villain says like oh yes i killed your family member on this day like oh that day was nothing to me but a tuesday like you know it didn't matter um and it doesn't matter to uh hirobi who he killed because he wants to wipe out all 7.7 .7 billion humans on the planet and he uh, uh, you know, he's cold and calculating and he talks about that with uh, Jin in the beginning of the episode and they're like the payoff of that because it made me think like, man, they're really being clear about what exactly the stakes are in this show uh, that Mitsu, Mitsubo Jinrai wants to kill all these people, like every human on the earth. And that's a crazy um, 
that's just like an ambitious goal and it's you know very evil um and uh i don't know it just matches the character um i like how it all plays in together it, it works it really makes him seem like a threat and like a villain or like a great villain and uh i really like how effective it is uh, so wrapping up, um, there's a mention of personal biases. Isamu doesn't like the Humagear, um, you know, medical technicians, and uh, Yaiba lets them work on her, and he's shocked, and he kind of chides her about that. And uh, she says specifically to him something like, you know, like, I don't care about your personal biases. I wanted to get back in action as soon as possible, so I used, you know, the greatest, most efficient tool available to me, which was a Humagear doctor. And... I like that. I find that interesting. I kind of wonder if personal biases is going to be something that we explore and examine through the course of this show, or, you know, Yu Takahashi does, because uh, I think he's an, an interesting writer, and I kind of think um, the setup with Exit with the four different doctors basically said, you know, there's these issues, and different people have different perspectives on them, and we get to see uh, them all work out for themselves what the best way is to do things. And, uh... I like that nuance. I like that idea. It's something I want to incorporate in a story. And I mean, it's kind of an old, an age old thing, but um, I like so far uh, the perspectives we're getting. Yaiba sees them as tools, the human gear. Isamu sees them as killing machines. And uh, uh, Aruto sees them as, you know, the manifestation of humanity's dream. And it'll be interesting to see if his uh, perspective gets challenged at all. Because so far, the show has only gone to. Um, to prove uh, that he's pretty much right about that. Something else about uh, him that I want to mention specifically, I still kind of wonder if he might be a Humagear and uh, maybe a super, super, super advanced one because his biological scan at the doctor's made it sure look like he was human. So I wonder if that's a little thing being thrown out there, though, to, uh, you know, trip up the fans uh, who are paying attention at this level. I don't know. But I think it's interesting to speculate on and talk about. If you go there, you can also find links to my Ultraman show, Going Ultra, and my comic review channel, Swing Through Comics. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to keep up with my weekly coverage of Zero One. And remember, you don't have to shout henchin to be a hero. I really do have so much more to say, but I'm going to get out of here. Um, oh, I kind of want to laugh at all the people who were talking about how Valkyrie was going to die when Isamu was the first one to be put in mortal danger here. Um... That really tickled me, and I wonder what the reaction is going to be. I'm pretty sure, you know, spoilers, 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 he's probably not going to die, uh, especially if you look at the preview of the next episode, but they don't really show say whether or not he lives or dies, but it'll be interesting to see in the next show, the next episode. Anyway, I'm going to wrap up. Check out mgmunios.com for more of my work. I'm currently reviewing Spider-Man comics and writing original fiction you can find there. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy my merch, uh, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. MJ Loves Toku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunios.com slash mjlt, where you can um, 